Good morning and welcome to another edition of Ask BBB, the program that brings you information from and about businesses you can trust. Ask BBB features business owners and managers who share their experience and insight so that consumers are better informed about products and services they are contracting or purchasing. I'm Linda Smith. And I'm Jim Swan. Linda is the CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. Well, it seems that summer just gets rolling... And then we start hearing about fall fairs and getting back to school. Later on today's program, we'll bring you BBB's tips to make back-to-school shopping efficient and free of fraud. And we'll talk to people who can help you decide when a tutor or extra program might be what your child needs. But right now, we turn our attention from the class to glass as we welcome Brett Lucier, president of Provincial Glass. Welcome to Ask BBB, Brett. Thank you for having me. Provincial Glass recently changed locations when you moved from York Street to Horton Street. How long was the company at its original location? Uh, Yes, we just moved uh, back in early 2018, and uh, we've been centrally located since we started in 1982. Uh, We were on Rideau Street originally and uh, York Street for over 25 years. So being part of London and centrally located is uh, very important to us. The name of the company is Provincial Glass. So what is the area you cover? Is it the whole province? Yes, we do. Uh, We service London and surrounding area mostly. uh, And that's where a lot of our award-winning service comes from. Uh, But we also travel all over Ontario, uh, especially for uh, key contracts. Uh, We see the Provincial Glass trucks when there is a major repair after an accident. How is the company positioned to respond to such emergencies? We offer 24-7 emergency service. Um, what that means is we have a GPS dispatch fleet of fully stocked service vehicles. Uh, we like to say when you're at your worst, we're at our best. Besides accidents, uh, you do installations. Does the company experience uh, in commercial buildings provide any advantage when it comes to providing services to residential customers? Yeah, we like to think we're our company is a one-stop shop. So whether it's residential or commercial, we can help you out. Uh, we have expertise in more complicated commercial projects and glazing systems such as multi-level curtain walls and skylight systems, all the way down to your more basic residential vinyl window installations. Provincial Glass and Mirrors provides replacement windows. Is there a difference between what your company does and what other window and door companies provide? Yes. As you mentioned, we have commercial experience where the specifications and installation processes and practices are a little bit more strict uh, than your average residential We bring the same quality of workmanship to residential installations that we do to commercial. Hmm. No, the title is Provincial Glass and and, uh, Mirror. Are people totally aware that you actually do residential installations? Is that something you have to explain from time to time? It is something that we have to explain. Um, We like to think that if it has glass, we can help you. So whether it's a window, whether it's a door, uh, that's all something that we can help you out with. So now, do you manufacture windows then? We, we do. Uh, we manufacture uh, and fabricate aluminum windows. Uh, so those are more your commercial-grade windows. Um, anything other than that, so whether it's hollow metal, fiberglass, wood, vinyl, uh, those are made in, in, in most um, shops and uh, are, we install those. If we have just broken the glass in a window, what should we do? And can a scratched window be repaired or do they need to be replaced? Step one, call Provincial Glass. We make, <laughs> we make it really easy. Our helpful staff uh, will lead you through whatever process of broken or scratch glass you have. Now, scratch glass is short answer. Can it be repaired? Uh, yes. Yes, it can. 
Um, but the long answer that goes along with that is the amount of time, material, and labor it takes to set up, polish the scratch far exceeds the cost of the glass itself. Uh, so there's no and there's no guarantees. So it is more cost effective to replace the glass and not have to worry about the integrity of the existing glass. And a new glass comes with a full warranty, which everybody likes. Now we think of glass in windows, but what what are some of the other places glass is used in commercial and residential? Commercial and residential, we do, uh, so residentially, shower enclosures, railings, sound barriers, office partitions, decorating walls and backsplashes in your kitchens. Uh, These are all things, uh, your commercial storefront for your businesses, these are all things that we can help you out with. Well, we've just come through doors here coming into the studio that uh, are all glass so that people coming into the foyer can can see into the uh, area of the the radio station. A lot of glass. I guess the next question is, how do you keep it clean? (laughs) Regular maintenance is the easiest way. Warm, soapy water is tried, true, and tested. Uh, We recommend that to clean the majority of glass products today. Some of the new buildings we're seeing, uh, even some homes have exterior walls that are all glass. Have there been advances in glass manufacturing that have made this type of architectural design more practical? Energy conservation is the major thing considered in design today. Uh, There hasn't been a lot of improvements in how glass is made, but there has been improvements in the types of coatings and glass. So whether it's a low-E coating or reflective coating, uh, these are all help with the R value of the windows. Uh, glass is the largest uh, source of heat loss in a house or building. So by upgrading your glass, you'd notice the biggest uh, change in your heating and cooling bills. Uh, there has also been addition of things like switchable glass or smart glass. Tell, uh, me, tell me a bit more about that. Smart glass is a, a newer product uh, that's been brought out in the last decade that uh, is becoming more popular. Um, it's something that uh, with a sl- flip of a button, you can change the glass from transparent to translucent. Really? Yeah, it's really neat uh, product and we're starting to see more and more of it in office and office uh, applications mostly. Is it common for people building their own homes or, or upgrading their offices with, for you to be called in by the architect uh, on the building design right on the front end? Absolutely. We work with a number of uh, architects in and around London uh, to help them up. Uh, keep up to date in the newest and greatest products in the industry. Um, and of course, help them find a cost-effective ways to achieve their vision for their clients. And at the end of the day, the world needs more glass. <laughs> how, do the, how do people get in touch with Provincial Glass if they think they want to add a little class of glass Class of home? glass, Jim. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. The easiest way is you just give us a call, 519-433-3501. Hit us up on the web at www.provincialglass.com. And uh, shoot us a like on our Facebook and uh, a follow on our Instagram. We'd love to have you. Brett, we want to thank you for your time here this morning. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Brett Lucier, who is the president of Provincial Glass, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Search the BBB director under Window Glass, and you'll find them. Coming up after the break, when does your child need more than just a little help from mom and dad to do the best they can? Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Linda Smith, who is the CEO and the president of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. Children all have a capacity to learn and to explore the world around them, but we don't all learn in the same way or at the same rate. We'll explore that as we welcome Andrea Deason, Centre Director and Owner of Sylvan Learning Centre on Wonderland Road in London. Welcome to Ask BBB, Andrea. Thanks, Linda. 
What are some of the reasons that we might consider a tutor for our son or daughter? There's a lot of reasons. I mean, every family is different, but I would say the one thing I hear a lot on the phone from parents is frustration. So either they are frustrated trying to work with their own child or their child comes home from school frustrated. Um, Sometimes the child's fallen behind. Sometimes they're not being challenged at school. There's a lot of different reasons why they may not be feeling completely satisfied with what they're seeing at school. What makes a good teacher then? What are you looking for when you hire the teachers that are going to help out with the tutoring? Sure. Our number one criteria is hiring teachers that are very positive and encouraging Um, many of the students that we see are not feeling completely successful at school. And usually the first challenge for us is convincing them that they they can do it, that they can be successful. So even if a child is working significantly below grade level, we want to celebrate every accomplishment, every little bit of progress, because the more kids feel successful, the more they're willing to try. It's a snowball effect. So the more that they feel positive and confident, the better they'll do. Andrea, are there different teaching strategies for different learning methods? Absolutely. Um, You know, I think that there's all sorts of different tools that we can use as teachers. And what we have to do is figure out what works best for each individual student. And individual people are different. So some people respond really well to a hands-on approach. Sometimes kids love technology, and then we want to incorporate that and make sure that we're using it effectively with them. You know, sometimes it's about visual or auditory and... um, You know, it's a matter of observing what works best and adapting to that with each individual student. Uh, Are the programs something they stay in for a long time, or can you just kind of tune a child up and get them back into the stream? How do the programs work in that respect? Sure. Everything we do is completely individualized. So sometimes we'll have a student come in for one hour, let's say um, someone who's working on prep for a physics test tomorrow, (laughs) you know, a high school student. Mm -hmm. Um, Other students, we've had students that have been with us several years, and there's no, we don't ask parents for any long-term commitment. We sort of take it as we go and, like I said, adapt to the family's needs and the parents' needs. So and it really does vary. <laughs> and that may be something you look for in any tutor that you're going to engage. Mm-hmm. Do tutors work with students for enrichment as well? And, and we're hearing a lot about STEM studies. Um, what is STEM enrichment? Absolutely. I think today we're in an era where kids really have to be good at science and math to be successful in a post-secondary environment, most post-secondary. I mean, even at Western, I think there's maybe one faculty that doesn't require a grade 12 academic math to get in. So it's not okay. When I, Maybe I'm dating myself, but when I remember in <laughs> high school people saying, I'm no good at math, I'm going to drop it in grade 10, and still went on to post-secondary programs. Um, it's more, much more difficult now. So we want to get kids excited about STEM at a young age, STEM being science, technology, engineering, and math. And at Sylvan, we offer, uh, in the summertime, we offer STEM camps. So during Mm. the day, we do robotics, science experiments, math games, um, some engineering activities. And then during the school year, we offer uh, Lego robotics programs on Saturday, which kids really love. So they come in Mm. and build a robot out of Lego, and then we help them program it and add movement and sound. And as we're going, we're teaching them about gears and pulleys. So there's a really clear science um, sort of objective in terms of learning. But... um, the kids just love it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a class, so it's are th- fun. Are there other enrichment programs? Absolutely. I mean, what we do is really help people and students be their best. So we've had high school students that have a 90 in a math or a science course, but that's not good enough. They need a 95. So, you know, we will definitely meet them and, and help them meet, meet that objective. 
So it, it really varies. You know, we've had students, um, high school students often will come to us for writing enrichment because they want to be really good essay writers going into post-secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes even a younger child is not feeling challenged at school. And so what we'll do is put together an enrichment program, not necessarily to move them ahead a grade or two, but to challenge them at the level that they're at. So maybe go into the curriculum in a little bit more depth, look at it in a different way. And that can really help improve motivation at school and help kids feel engaged. Do today's students have different needs than those of a generation ago? That's a really interesting question. I think they're definitely way more technologically savvy than several years ago. So from an educator's perspective, we have to be really technologically savvy and not just hand kids an iPad and say, play on that for a while. We have to be really relevant and directed. So if we're handing a student an iPad, we want to have a specific objective in mind. So if we're working on math, well, what's the skill and how are we going to teach it to them and use that technology effectively? So that's definitely part of it. Um, Another thing I think I've seen is less of an attention span. Now, that's not even scientific. It's just my kind of Mm -hmm. 25 years at Sylvan. I see kids, they're more receptive to learning things in smaller chunks. So, you know, we have to adapt to that and make sure that we're keeping it a lot of variety in their programs and keeping them engaged and happy. (laughs) So that kind of answers the question of how technology has affected some of the needs and methodologies then that you use Mm -hmm. uh, that that you have to really adapt on both ends for their needs. How will we know that our child is making progress? What sort of measures besides the report card that comes home from school? Well, at Sylvan, um, with elementary kids, we start with a full assessment. So we get a baseline before we actually start tutoring. And then as we work with students, we use a mastery learning approach. So we will approach a new skill. We'll pretest it. If the student gets it completely, we don't teach it. If they need to work on it, we go ahead and teach it. We have um, guided practice, which is the teaching part. Then we have the student has to do some independent practice on the skill. And then we have a mastery test. So we're always looking sort of skill by skill. Is the student mastering and retaining the information? And then from a parent's point of view, we meet with them regularly. About five every five or six weeks, we'll have them come in, give them a written report. And we also do progress assessments. So that initial assessment I talked about, we do that again throughout the program to measure using standardized um, tests. How important is learning how to cope with homework? It's really critical as far as I'm concerned. I think that um, parents often tell me that homework can be a very stressful time. Even for a student who's not struggling in school, it can be a point of conflict because most parents, I think, want to help their kids. But then Maybe they don't have the skills or they, you know, somehow clash, (laughs) you know, personalities can clash. And so, um, you know, you want to keep it positive and upbeat. And if it does become a stress point to sort of back off, and that's often where we come in is, you know, parents will call me and said, oh, we were reading last night. It wasn't going well. He was crying. I slammed the door and we need help. So, you know, it's a matter of recognizing when you need someone outside to intervene. But I find... You know, I think part of the objective with homework is developing a work ethic and having kids take ownership and do work independently, um, which is really difficult if it's hard, if the student's struggling at school. In our last minute or so here, can you just touch on a couple of things, things that we should uh, consider when choosing a tutor or a center like Sylvan and and the cost? Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, I've talked a little bit about assessment and evaluation, and I think sometimes... There's a lot of different tutors and different approaches that tutors will take, but that would be a question I would definitely ask is how do we measure progress? How do we know that 
things are going well or that what you're doing or what the tutor's doing is is working. Um, also, the materials that are being used. So we've talked a little bit about technology. Do, does the tutor or Sylvan, at Sylvan, we definitely have a lot of hands-on materials, different approaches, so we can vary things up. There's also, you know, the qualifications of the people doing the teaching. Most of our teachers are certified teachers, so, you know, we want to make sure that they're professional, they know what they're doing, and that they're going to be around consistently. So sometimes an in-home tutor, you know, if they're a teacher looking for a job in the school system, they're getting jobs these days. So it's really hard to keep someone consistently working with your child. Whereas at Sylvan, we have a variety of teachers. So if for some reason schedules change and teachers change, we can definitely accommodate that. And then in terms of cost, so we have a variety of different programs. So we have um, anything from a tutoring program. We can put together a plan that's about $130 a month for parents, um, which is a finance plan. We have prepayment discounts. So if you buy a block of hours, you get a discount for that. With the STEM and EDGE programs on Saturdays, we usually work in six-week blocks and those started about sixty, sorry, one hundred and sixty dollars for a six-week program. Well, we want to thank you for taking time to join us here this morning on Ask BBB, Andrea. It's been my pleasure. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Andrea Deason, who is the center director and owner of Sylvan Learning Centers on Wonderland Road in London, accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A plus rating. Search for tutoring in the BBB directory for all of their information and the link to their website. After a short break, we'll be back with BBB's tips on how to shop smart for back-to-school or back-to-college purchases. Back once more to Ask BBB, I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, CEO and President of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. If you've been following BBB on Facebook or Instagram or visiting the BBB website, you are aware of the BBB's tips for back-to-school shopping. Do we know how much is spent on back-to-school shopping? we found a number of surveys, and the range is from $500 to about $800. The most recent survey shows a dramatic increase in spending over the past three years. A 2016 survey showed the figure to be about $440 on average, and the same survey the following year, 2017, indicated that amount had almost doubled to over $800. Wow, that's a pretty dramatic increase. Some of that increase is attributed to technology, but the list of purchases include footwear, clothing, backpacks, in addition to paper and pens. So the Better Business Bureau has developed a list of tips to follow the Help make back-to-school shopping as efficient as possible. First on the list is the list. Write down everything you need and then stick to the list. Just as in any other shopping excursion, impulse buying can add a lot to the overall total. There's Here's something you can help to reduce your cost. Go over the list of things you need and look around the home before heading to the store. You might already have some of the items from last year. So why buy it twice, eh? Yeah. If the list includes a laptop or tablet, or in the case of a college student, a dorm refrigerator, do some research. Research the brand's warranty, customer reviews, and the prices at various stores to be sure you're getting the best deal. And also look up the retailer on BBB.org. And part of that research might be looking for sales. The back-to-school promotions are on now. You can spend some time going over the list and visiting the website uh, of the store before you shop. Compare prices at different retail stores, save coupons, look for any available rebates, and ask about student discounts. Many stores and software companies offer discounts for students. Even if it isn't advertised, it doesn't hurt to ask. And speaking of asking, you should ask about the return policy. Yes, kids can change their minds. The shirt they loved in the store might suddenly be something we refuse to wear. It's always a good idea to keep receipts in case you want to return the item later. We mentioned doing research online before you shop, and some will end up doing their whole shopping trip online. And the same tips BBB gives for shopping online anytime apply to back-to-school shopping. 
When shopping from an online website, the first step is to make sure the URL starts with HTTPS and includes a lock symbol. The S in HTTPS stands for secure. Look up the website's privacy policy and contact information. If it is not clearly listed or they only have an email as a point of contact, take that as a big red flag and shop elsewhere. Do your research. The lowest price isn't always the best route. Be sure to use a credit card instead of your debit card, as credit cards not only provide additional protection, but it's also easier to dispute a fraudulent charge. Be extremely wary of any website or store that asks for your child's personal information in order to access special deals. If you're buying supplies through a website like Kijiji, make sure you don't wire money to someone you've not met. Use PayPal if possible. And Linda, people will be able to find these tips on our website. You'll find these tips and more at bbb.org. And that's our time this time. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.